Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. Hi, this is Griffin McElroy. And this is wonderful. Ooh. Oh, is it a spooky? This one is going to be pretty spooky. I guess it's our last one before Halloween. Yeah, before we get all holiday. You're looking very autumnal today. Thanks. We just did my bim bam, and I wanted to look autumnal. On yeah, that's a great sweater. sweater. It's, thanks. It's shranked. I went to great lengths to keep this sweater from shrinking, but it's the type of sweater. I won't say where I got it from because I'm not going to put them on blast. It was not a cheap sweater. And I put first time I put it on, I was like, I'm going to shrink this bad boy no matter what I do. Did you put it in the dryer? No, I didn't. I air dried it. Thank you very much. Oh. Yeah. So That's the only tip I have in my toolkit. That's all you have. I knew you were ready. I saw (laughs) you. Don't put it in the dryer. I saw you like poised to strike. I bet he put it in the dryer is what I thought. didn't. It just got smaller. Or I got bigger is also possible. Oh, are you still growing? Well, I've been hitting the Iron Church and getting gains. <laughs> yeah, you're pretty swole. So I am. Well, I'm pretty. I am, am more inflamed because of how badly I've injured <laughs> my shoulder. Going to the Iron Church, uh, pray, praying a little too hard, we'll say mm-hmm. there, and it hurt my uh, their rotator cuff. So I'm going to go ahead and say, small wonder, get it right out of the way. Ice packs and um, ibuprofen. Uh, Ice packs come in a lot of shapes and sizes these days. They do. I have one for my rotator cuff now. That makes me look like a cool future centurion. Yeah, it looks like you pull a weapon right out of that thing. Yeah, like a hidden shoulder blade. Wait, I do. That I do. Shoulder blade. That's why they call it that. Huh? Do you have a small wonder? I wonder. I bet you do somewhere. Squishing around that beautiful brain of yours. It's a morsel of gratitude. <laughs> um, I got a pumpkin bread mix. Holy crap. Uh, from an establishment. Uh, it's one of those like just add eggs, oil, and water kind of things. Yeah. I did that and I added chocolate chips. It. I just ate it. I just finished it, actually. Well, oh, did you finish the whole thing? I finished the whole thing. Downstairs, as, Good for I, you. When I went downstairs, I was like, I'm going to go take some ibuprofen for my sore shoulder. And you're like, okay, babe, let's record right after. And I was like, sure thing. I went down, and I did have the medicine and also some of that good <laughs> pumpkin bread and chocolate chips. If for whatever reason, our children are not particularly into this loaf, but Griffin and I have been tearing it I'm down. all about that loaf. Mm-hmm. Um, and But now that loaf is gone uh, mm-hmm. because of my actions, mostly. And I'm pretty sad. Pretty sad about it. Pretty torn up. I can get more. I would love that so okay. much. You're being very cagey about where you got it from, though. I'm wondering if this is like you you got a guy. You've oh got a no! Guy. It is it is a large establishment that has many products, uh, okay. and I am confident. I think that they will still have this product. Did you perhaps exchange it with Joseph? Is that where you got this mix at Joseph's Exchange area? Trader Joe's. Oh no. Oh, okay. Then that's fine. No, I haven't been to Joseph's establishment in a while. I thought you were just like not wanting to give because publicity to Because here Trader I Joseph. go, but they don't have a delivery option. So, and most of what we do now is we get our groceries delivered because we have two small children uh, who keep right. us busy 24 hours a day. That's and so right. I like getting my groceries delivered, but Trader and you Joe's. you don't have to explain why we haven't gotten hit up Trader Joseph's. They don't offer that. Yeah. And um, I hate it. Let's Let's make a date of it. No, that would be sad. Let's just do that it. That would be sad. <laughs> um, you go first this week. I do. What do you got for me? Okay. Um, the topic I have this week actually came from that pumpkin bread because I was- Wait a minute, what? Because I was eating it and it whispered to me- What? No, it didn't. But it There's tasted- a slip of paper inside. It tasted to me a lot like a cake donut 
and I wanted to talk about cake donuts. Cake donuts. Yeah, mm-hmm. we've almost certainly done donut donuts before. I didn't see it. Really? And I checked both spellings. Wow. I checked the D-O and the D-O-U-G-H. I always do U-G-H. Yeah. Because it's dough is the root word there. I'm not going to shorten it to do nuts. There's a place in Austin called Shipley's Donuts, which always confused me. Mm. What did you think it was? Well, Rachel, maybe they make some sort of nut-based drink. <laughs> okay. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's a thing already, guys. Yeah, it's true. I just like the the ease of it, the the shortness. I can, but what kind I can of life are you living? And get on my way. What life are you living where you don't have time to drop a UGH in there? You know what I mean? Like... I'm, we are busy. We have two children that keep us fucking on call 24-7. I guess I'm just in support of the evolution of language. Xmas um, or Christmas? Which do you? It depends, man. It depends if I'm in a hurry. I like having both. Okay. All right. Not oh. what I believe, but. <laughs> so I this one's interesting for me because I don't really like a yeast donut. I don't really like a traditional yeasty, like flaky that donut. That is true and strange. I find it very unsatisfying. I feel like you will eat one of those regular guys in, you know, a few minutes, and then it will feel like you haven't eaten anything. Uh, And that's frustrating for me. I understand that. But also, sometimes I want to eat a donut and not feel like total shit right afterwards. You feel like a cake donut is too much? I feel like if I eat, just to simplify the language here a little bit, a lot of cake, my body does not respond so great to that. If I eat... Just a glazed donut, an airy pocket of wet sugar. Yeah. It's not, you know, it's going to psych me up in a way that's going to burn very, very quickly, but it's not going to load me down. So I feel like a yeast donut is kind of like cotton candy. Like, to me, and it's like- And that's great to me. Uh, yeah, yeah see, I agree. I like to have an experience when I eat, and I feel like a yeast donut doesn't offer that to me. Okay. Uh, so there is, unsurprisingly, a Bon Appetit article- from 2016 that is called you're either a cake donut person or a yeast one. I'd push back against that too because it's delightful to have a lovely little mix in it. Stop trying to like, you know, put me in a box. See, now you're saying both. Before you were like, I would never shorten the word donut. But now you're saying I want both both kinds. That's different. Is we're it? talking about food <laughs> instead of words. Yeah, and I think even you know that. Yeah, I do. <laughs> Um, apple cider donut also big thing this time of year. It's basically the whole reason that I have been considering going to a pumpkin patch establishment. Yeah. They're very far away from where we are located, which seems to be universally true no matter where you're living. Well, yeah. I mean, if you live in a, a urban metropolitan area, area mm-hmm. they don't usually have sort of z- pumpkin patch. I could probably zones. get an apple cider donut at the Joseph's I Trader. Think, I think Mr. Joseph actually would be able to help you out with <laughs> yeah. that. He, he deals in uh, cidered snacks. Uh, so the, the whole composition of a cake donut, uh, unsurprisingly, it's basically cake batter. Uh, it's, uh, got baking powder and or baking soda. Uh, so it is more like cake in that sense where a yeast donut relies on yeast. See, see how easy that is? That's the mnemonic device I usually use. <laughs> so the, the rule for me is cake is cake and yeast is yeast. <laughs> That's the sort of the... I don't know how I'm going to remember that. I know, right? (laughs) Um, So yeast donut came first uh, because unsurprisingly, like it is, it is frying, which, you know, society has done for hundreds of years. People, as long as there has been oil that you can get hot, people have dunked stuff in it. 
Yeah. Uh, cake it took involves- them a while to figure out like what is good to dunk in the hot oil. Like yeah. a book is not like no, you can't eat a book. A hand hurt. I always say that you can't eat a book. Yeah. Uh, but with a cake donut, when we talk about baking soda, baking powder, we're talking about chemical leaveners, which, uh, leaveners, leaveners. You okay? It felt weird to say. I think it's okay. I think you did a good job, actually. Uh, cake donuts first appeared in the U.S. in- Unsurprising? In 1830s, around the same time that baking soda and baking powder first became commercially available. God bless whoever that was. It was like, these round guys are good. What would be better, though? What if cake? What if we did cake? What if cake? What if cake, though? Uh, cake donuts, I guess, became exceptionally popular during World War One. The Salvation Army set up canteens in France during World War One, where women served soldiers- uh, freshly fried donuts. Uh, with this donut period in our history, uh, the Salvation Army donuts were so popular that the YMCA and the Red Cross quickly followed suit, and the cake donut earned its place as a distinctly patriotically American snack. So sure. maybe I just love my country more than the I average am person. Always saying that shit about you. Yes, the USA. Yeah. USA. Do another one. USA. Oh, I meant like another, like Ameri- like a thing of American. Oh, um, I'm gonna buy me a Ford truck and cruise no, it up and down no, the road. No, uh, I'm a Yankee Doodle Dandy. Oh boy, yeah. Yankee Doodle Doo. What is Yankee Doodle anyway? I don't actually know. What's it's, that about? It's like a jerking it joke, but they like it went on for way too long. And so they had to, like, they just were too embarrassed to Is change it. Is this that patented Griffin McElroy blue humor? Um, I don't think so. You, th- you think what you're saying right now is a true fact? If you had never heard the f- term Yankee Doodle before, <laughs> and someone said, like, I'm, I'm Yankee Doodle, you would probably assume it was some sort of jerking a joke. I mean, so. you know there's a whole section of the country where people are referred to as Yankees, right? Yeah, but are they referred to as doodles? No, that's true. Okay. Or, okay. or doodle dandies? Clearly, you've proven your point. Thank you. Uh, another benefit of the cake donut, um, while some people complain that it is dense and heavy, uh, you have the option of inserting flavors in there. That's most, true. Most yeast donuts get their flavor from the glaze. Yes. But a cake donut, like a blueberry cake donut. Blueberry cake donut slaps ass. Oh, my ass. God. Yeah. It's, it's so and, good. And I, I love how every donut chain has like a variety of donuts that they offer, but all of them do fucking blueberry cake donuts because they recognize like whoever did this one yeah. is on some next level shit. If I see that in a dozen, that is what I go for Every time, 100% of the time, yeah. Uh. Finally, I will say this is not something I participate in, but the coffee dunking. Yes. Uh, you, If you dunk a yeast donut, Bon Appetit says it will, quote, have the texture of a wet sandwich, but a dunked cake donut. Okay. Incredible. I would disagree with that. Um, although, God, I used to fuck up those, like, little Debbie coffee sticks, which were, like, little oh, um, yeah. rectangular beauties that I would uh, have with my coffee every morning and I would dunk and sometimes it came off in the coffee and for whatever reason it would render it all disgusting to like as soon as I saw free floating (laughs) cake material in the coffee I'm like I'm out what time in your life was this I mean I was not probably at the top of my game health wise 
with my daily li- morning little Debbies. Yeah. But um, I don't know, like college, post-college. Yeah. Whenever I had throwing around money for little Debbies. So maybe not college where I had no money to mm-hmm. speak of whatsoever. What was your grocery cart like in your early 20s? I mean, so like- If you purchased a fruit and or vegetable, what what would those fruit and or vegetables be? <sighs> potato, is potato? I think we count potato. Potato. Okay. I learned how to bake a potato and I felt like I was fucking like fancy, fancy ratatouille chef all of a sudden. <laughs> Um, so potato, hot dog. Fruit? Uh, nah. Banana, you were doing banana for a while, I thought. When I traveled, banana was a special luxury for me. It was, because when you're in, on the <laughs> trip road. Trip to the islands. Trip to the, yeah. <laughs> no, mostly, uh, uh, I mean, so stereotypically, like ramen and hot dogs. Oh, babe. Um, and, um, but I mean, fruit, fruit. Roll ups. <laughs> I don't consider myself the pinnacle of healthy eating by any means, but when I was in the world, I understood like I should buy a fruit and or vegetable. Yeah, just for to keep up appearances. Yeah, just to like put in my house to to display. <laughs> yeah. No, they didn't. Uh, there was no judgment at the I believe Jewel Osco where I uh, b- bought my shame <laughs> shame dogs. Uh, on like a monthly basis. Yeah. Can I stop talking about this and steal you away? Yes. Thank you. Griffin? Yeah. You know what's a shame? What? Is that when you order uh, meals to be delivered to you, they can only be for dinner. That's true because of the law. But wait, wait, what's this coming across our desk? The law is different now? (laughs) It's factor. These rebels are operating outside the boundaries of food law. (laughs) Factor has breakfast. They have midday bites. They have smoothies. Uh, There's lots of stuff you can get with Factor. What other things can you get with Factor? Well, I'm looking at this menu right now. They got a lot of tasty little options for you. I'm talking about artichoke and spinach chicken with roasted zucchini and tomato butter. Did you even know that butter could be tomato? (laughs) Not me. Shredded chicken and loaded mashed taters. With I changed the word. They say potatoes, but I said taters, precious. With mushroom <laughs> gravy, smoked cheddar, uh, bacon, and Parmesan broccoli. Uh, this this menu is out of sight, and my mouth is just watering looking at these glossy JPEGs of tasty food. So head to factormeals.com slash wonderful50 and use code wonderful50 to get 50% off. That's code wonderful50 at factormeals.com slash wonderful50 to get 50% off. It can be intimidating trying to roll with the console cowboys in cyberspace. Um, There's always the worry that maybe they know something that you don't vis-a-vis website design or website functionality, and you think, I could never be that. I could never be among their illustrious ranks. Griffin, if I wanted to build a website where I ranked my favorite episodes of Ghostwriter, would I be able to do that? Well, first of all, it would be 
the same list as everybody else's with the Julia Styles <laughs> episode at the top. But yes, you can do that with Squarespace. It's the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. Every Squarespace website and online store comes with a suite of integrated features and useful guides that help maximize prominence among search results. Do you want to have special functionality, like maybe a members-only VIP club section of your website? You can do that. Do you want to sell stuff? Yeah, you can do that too. Do you want to have an online scheduler so that people you can, you can sell uh, your time? Yeah, you can do that also. Anything is possible! That's um there for the commercial, the Super Bowl commercial they had. That was my voice yelling anything is possible in the wow. background. Yeah. Not a lot of people know that. Hey, head to squarespace.com slash wonderful pod for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use offer code wonderful pod to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. People say not to judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree. Which is why here on Just the Zoo of Us, we judge them by so much more. We rate animals out of 10 in the categories of effectiveness, ingenuity, and aesthetics, taking into consideration each animal's true strengths, like a pigeon's ability to tell a Monet from a Picasso or a polar bear's ability to play basketball. Guest experts like biologists, ecologists, and more join us to share their unique insight into the animal's world. Listen with friends and family of all ages on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get podcasts. It's the final week of Co-Optober. I'm Kira Gowan, Ad Operations Specialist, and I'm here with... Daniel Barwella, Technology and Data Specialist. To cap off National Co-Op Month, we're sharing how worker-owned co-ops can benefit their communities. Read about it in our newsletter or on social media at MaxFunHQ. We're also trying to do our part. We're volunteering at our local food bank this week, and we encourage you to volunteer in your area, too. On Friday, we're announcing the donation that you helped raise in the post-Max Fund Drive sticker sale going to five food banks across the U.S. And we want to make sure you know that this is your last chance to get our limited edition Co-op Launch Crew merch. Grab a pin, hat, shirt, or hoodie before they disappear at the end of the month. Details on merch, resources for volunteering, and all things Co-Optober can be found at MaximumFun.org slash Co-Optober. That's C-O-O-P-T-O-B-E-R. Thank you so much for your support and have a great Co-Optober. Can I tell you about my topic? Yes. Okay, here I go. It's our last episode before Halloween, and so I like to talk about frightening stuff. Um, I like to be a sort of weaver of terror and nightmares for yeah. our, our listeners. They know me as, uh, they call me Dr. Doctor Scary. Or the Ghoul Master. Or the Ghoul Master. So I'm, I... I, we have talked about Goosebumps before. I was going to do Goosebumps, but then I realized that we did that during a virtual live show uh, once. And so that series is, you know, fantastic and very formative for a lot of us. I want to talk about Goosebumps is like way less acceptable, almost illicit feeling brother in arms, which is scary stories to tell in the dark. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know about scary stories? I didn't know how much of a generational thing scary stories to tell in the dark was. No, that was a thing. That It was, I think, largely memorable just because of the design of the cover. Yes, very scary covers, very scary illustrations. But I don't honestly remember any of the stories, although I might if you describe uh, I'm going to say me. some, and I bet okay. you, you okay. will remember some of them. So Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark was a series of three books, each one a compilation 
of a couple dozen very genuinely terrifying uh, short stories accompanied by equally terrifying illustrations. Uh, the books were written uh, by Alvin Schwartz, and they were originally illustrated by uh, Stephen Gamel, um, which provided a lot of the nightmare fuel that those books are are known for. Uh, the books were re-released in 2011 in, in reprints, and the illustrations were updated uh, by Brett Helquist, and those illustrations were largely decried by fans of the original books, uh, but they presented things in a more sort of like gothic, less like visceral kind of style uh, that the original books are known for. Um, the first book, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, was published in 1981, which was way earlier wow. than I thought it was. Uh, and it contained 29 stories from just a wild array of genres. Uh, so the the kind of stuff included in that first book uh, include, and I'm reading off Wikipedia here because there's a list, uh, jump stories, stories that end with a jump scare, ghost stories, including a retelling of the Suffolk miracle, folk music, including the hearse song, uh, a story involving voodoo death, a witch story, a story of a man who shapeshifts into an alligator, awesome, a couple of stories of omens of death, a retelling of Algernon Blackwood's novella The Windigo, a game called The Dead Man's Brains, a boogeyman story, a number of urgent legends, including the legends of The Hook, The Poison Dress, The Killer in the Backseat, and The Babysitter and the Man Upstairs, and a selection of jokes and humorous folktales. Just a wide selection. Yeah. This is what I remember most about these books is each one included at least one story and many illustrations that scared the shit out of me. But they would be sandwiched between like a goof or a game or, a, a, a you know, song lyrics, like parody song lyrics. Yeah. Oh, oh, they, you never really knew which way Scary Stories in, uh, to Tell in the Dark was going to come at you, which was part of the appeal to me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I had forgotten they were that they were kind of a, like a, a hodgepodge. Like an Uncle John's bathroom reader yeah. of terror. Um, so the second book was called More Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. It dropped in 1984. It had 28 stories in it of a similar sort of mix of genres. Uh, and then there was a bit of a gap before the final book, Scary Stories 3, More Tales to Chill Your Bones, uh, which hit Scholastic Book Fair shelves in 1991 with 25 stories in it. That's the one I remember being the most sort of scarring for me. Yeah, see, I don't remember that that release, and this may be speaking to our age difference. Maybe. Because I may have moved out of the Scholastic category when that was out. That's a fair point. No, this was very much like on Scholastic Book Fair shelves, uh, which I think we've talked about on the show. They oh, yeah. Come to your school and sell books there, because where else are you going to buy books? Uh, and it was always kind of wild to me that they were allowed to be there. Uh, because there was a lot of sentiment at this time in the 90s to to try and get these books banned. Uh, because I, I can't stress this enough. It's not the stories that were in this book were not like, what if your teacher was a mummy? Or uh, they weren't like bog standard sort of like, are you afraid of the dark tales? Like some of these stories were quite fucked up. Um there's one called Harold from Scary Stories 3 uh, about two farmers who build this scarecrow effigy of another farmer that they hate named Harold, uh, which 
long story short, comes to life and skins one of them alive. Oh, my God. And then there's the red spot, which is the one I remembered the most, which I'm not going to get into the details about in case people are squeamish, but a young woman has a very personal encounter with a bunch of baby spiders that is no no good. Uh, And then there's the haunted house, which is... A pretty right over the plate, very scary story about a priest going into a haunted house to sort of exercise it. Uh, And it is notable mostly for the horrific illustration of a living corpse that is uh, part of the subject of the story, which there's a 2019 documentary about these books uh, where a commentator referred to this image as the picture that shat a thousand pants. (laughs) I have it pulled up here. I wonder if it will oh, jog yeah. your memory. In I way. do remember this picture. It's very, 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 it's a desiccated corpse. It is very, very scary for a child. It's interesting, say. though, the instinct to ban a book like that. Because yeah. I understand, like, hey, I don't want my kid to read that. Like, I don't even want my kid to see that. But uh, I don't feel like it needs to stop existing in bookstores. <laughs> That's good that your brain works like that because there's a lot of people who uh, who do not. Um, the American Library Association says that the series represented the most challenged books uh, from the 90s. And then in the 2000s, they were the seventh most challenged books, despite the fact that some of them were 20 years old at that point, which is not to say that like classics don't end up on banned book lists across the country, but like horror short story compilations yeah. usually don't. And the fact that this this series can hang on that list, I think, says something about their sort yeah. of long, longevity and genuine terror that they uh, that they introduced to people who... Uh, we're, we're maybe not accustomed to that genre. I certainly wasn't. Uh, I never owned one of these books myself uh, because I felt weird about like bringing them into the house. Like the, our, my parents never said like, hey, the, this book series is <laughs> no good. Yeah, no um, smoking, no drinking, no, no scary, scary stories to tell in the dark. Uh, but if it sure looked like something that I should not have my hands on. But my neighbor Bryce did. Oh, Bryce. And so I would go over to Bryce's (laughs) house and we would do sleepovers and trade some Pokemon. And then I would grab scary stories to tell in the dark and just tear that shit down. Uh, And it really, uh, every time I did that, I remember I would hit a point where I'd read some story or reach some illustration where I'd be like, that's it for tonight, scary stories to tell in the dark. I will catch you next, Bryce, sleepover. And we will pick up from where we left off. That is the thing, right? Like, you could ban it uh, at a library, but there's always going to be a Bryce, you know? Like, you can't keep your kids from all the Bryces. Yeah, there's a lot of stories of people, like, sort of trading this book around (laughs) in this, like, underground sort of exchange uh, to 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 spread it around, taking like a highlights magazine and wrapping it around, around the outside. The, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, and I love that. Um, it is scary. The thing is, like, I get the instinct. I would not want Henry to read this book. No, no, no. Because no. it would really. I I think I know him well enough to know it would really mess him up. Uh, maybe middle school age kids is sort of where this is. Uh, Although I will say, like the kid, it just varies so much, right? Like we know kids that are Henry's age or younger that would not be scared by this, you know, yeah, I guess not that's true. like disturbed in the way that Henry would. Yes. And I feel like 
people need that choice. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I now I love horror movies and games and 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 books. Like I, it is a genre that I love and I am very enthusiastic about. And I know there's a lot of people who don't. And so I can't help but wonder if like my enjoyment of scary stories to tell in the dark sort of inoculated me in a way to to this mm. genre, right? Where it doesn't uh, have any sort of long-lasting psychological effect, unless that shit is real scary. Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't have this like big impact on me that I think a lot of people are like afraid they will experience when they have, uh, you know, when they watch a scary movie or play a scary game or something like that. Well, and there's also something to be said for the difference between reading words on a page and like seeing a challenging image. Yes. You know, like I feel like I can close the book and, and it might mess with my dreams a little bit, but yes. I am not actively afraid to be in the room I am in. Yes. Whereas like a lot of times if you're watching a movie by yourself, like yeah. it, it, it'll, it'll get, get you a little bit. Um, so that's scary stories to tell in the dark. It it is a a for the fact that there were only three of these books and the last one came out in 1991. I think it is kind of incredible that they are still yeah. somewhat relevant. They made a movie about it in 2019 that Guillermo del Toro uh, was Ooh, involved. Oh, I would in. like to see that. Um, I I uh, I think it's incredible that like a a, a short story horror compilation can have the kind of long-lasting impact that these books have had. And I, I think would. a lot of that is due to the legacy of people trying to destroy these books. Um, but I think they also kind of stand I would really want to see that documentary, too, because I also wonder about the author who was like, no, this is for children. Like, I am no, writing this book, it, and it is for children. So his, uh, his daughter had a, a quote that I, I don't have on hand here. He passed away in, like, 92. Two or ninety four, something like that. It was shortly after the release of the last book, uh, and he was fully like in support of middle schoolers like reading the book. Like it's targeted for them, and it's can be helpful to kind of like put a face on these like scary ideas that maybe they're struggling with. Um, but he also celebrated the fact that his books were as challenged as they were. And yeah, he, he said that he wanted his obituary. Uh, to refer to him as like one of the most banned authors of all time, which was a big yeah. part of his obituary when it did uh, come out, which is, you know, it's cool to live a, the kind of life you want to live uh, in that case. Um, can I tell you what our friends at home are talking about? Yeah. Courtney says, my small wonder is when you're out for a walk and make it home just as it's starting to rain. Oh, I love that. I love that so much. I don't like being in the rain when it happens. Also, we are. Oh, it is very difficult to use an umbrella as a family. Oh my god! Yes. Um. And so it, you know, you could bring one somewhere, but it is not going to be particularly useful. So if you can get home and avoid that altogether, that is ideal. We have this big umbrella that I love using because it keeps my ass dry completely. H two T, regardless of the ferocity of the storm. And I love it. I look like a cool, hip little metropolitan guy. <laughs> Do you? Zooming around. Um, but then uh, as soon as another person has to be under it, especially a person whom I have a three-foot height advantage yeah. over, it is all of a sudden rendered completely useless to Yeah. Me. 
Greg says, my small wonder is honeyed frothed milk. I just bought a Breville milk heater slash frother to prepare for the chilly months by making chai and matcha lattes. And the mild sweetness that comes from adding just a teaspoon of honey to a bit of milk being frothed is simply revelatory. Quick, easy, and cost-effective coziness in a cup. It does sound pretty good. It does sound really good. Maybe not milk. From maybe a, 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 Can you froth almond milk, or what is it? Does something bad happen to it? Well, it's just it needs enough fat in it. That's kind of the thing. When it is my my time as a barista. Yes. The the thinner the milk, the harder it is to get a good froth going. Yes. Uh so almond milk might be a challenge, but I bet a soy would work. A soy would definitely do me. Um thank you to Bowen and Augustus for the use of our theme song Money Won't Pay. You can find a link to that in the episode description. And thank you so much to Maximum Fun for having us on the network. Why don't you go on over to MaximumFun.org. Check out all the great stuff that they've got on offer for you. Um, You're going to love the way you hear the jokes. I guarantee it. (laughs) Um, We got some merch over at MacquarieMerch.com that um, you should go and check out. That would be awfully cool of you. And um, if you want to send in your small wonders, we do not get many of them on a weekly basis. So I will say the odds of yours being chosen for the show are probably pretty good. Uh, you can go ahead and send us an email over at wonderfulpodcast at gmail.com. Just a few sentences. Just a few sentences, please. No more than that. Um, that's it. Let's let's hit the bricks. And I got to hit the ice bath with my with Oh, my we voice. should get a plunge pool. We should get a plunge pool like I'm an MLB pitcher <laughs> who definitely didn't just like fuck up half of his body by trying to lift one weight once. <laughs> Like fucking Cal Ripken over here. Name He's another a, pitcher. Um, no, Randy Johnson. Nolan Ryan. Randy Johnson blew up the. I don't even know if Cal Ripken was a pitcher. <laughs> Randy Johnson was though, because he exploded that bird right good, didn't he? With the pitch. I didn't know that till I met you. And now you definitely know it because I, I talk I about do. it every time mm-hmm. we mention baseball or even a ball. You've changed my life. Thank you, baby. Maximum Fun, a worker-owned network of artist-owned shows, supported directly by you.